Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Lifetime Value. My name is Rithik. Today, I have a very special guest, Jorge, who I've known since my time in Didi. Jorge has about 10 years of experience in marketing with various institutions, all the way from Volaris, which is a Mexican airline, to Didi, the ride-hailing giant, to Cray Justo, which is another lending company in Mexico. He's currently the director of biz dev at Ike Asistencia, a company focused on helping individuals with services such as medical, car, and home assistance. Today, Jorge shares his experience in the marketing industry, the learnings he's made through his career, the importance of a good marketing team in a startup, and how Ike is helping Mexicans during the pandemic. So without further ado, please help me welcome Jorge. Hi, Ritik. How are you? And thanks for the invite to be part of, the, of Lifetime Value. Thank you so much for taking time out, Jorge. I'm very excited to speak with you today because I kind of feel that a lot of startups tend to focus a lot on marketing to get the growth numbers that they want. And I would love to have your two cents and your advice on how startups can optimize their marketing and, and what makes a good marketing team. So why don't you start us off and introduce yourself to the listeners? Oh, great. Perfect. Let me introduce and let's get, and then get ready to rumble. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a little bit funny here. I just want to tell you how well my career or my path into marketing started. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know it, but initially I started studying uh, industrial engineering. Mm -hmm. But uh, during the, in a, uh, on a summer, I started working at Starbucks and that's where I got attracted into marketing. You no, know? the Starbucks moved me and make me love marketing. Why? Because there was that moment, uh, well, you were as a worker or as a barista in Starbucks, you need to change mm -hmm. the merch and the food from rack to rack, depending on the time, launching new coffee flavors, doing different cups, depending on the season, Christmas cups, uh, Christmas blend coffee, or summer, Halloween, depending on the season. So mm -hmm. it was all around marketing, and that's why, where I fell in love with it. Why? Because you see all the momentums you need to change up or to be to to get related into customers and to try to sell more. No, mm -hmm. people says or normally says that marketing is all about sales. But here I will tell you yes and no. Why? Because yes, it's all about sales, but most important is to know about what your customer wants. No, so that's something mm -hmm. that Starbucks do is, uh, does is really great. So that's where I decided to move into marketing and where part of my career started. Then, and just to make it as a brief summary here in my career, uh, well, after being in Starbucks, then I moved into, and I started working in a marketing agency, small marketing agency, move into more market, digital marketing. I started up uh, learning about Google ads, Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as you know, it been, I ended up, I finished my career 10, 10 years ago. So digital marketing wasn't that the boom that is right now. No, it sure. started to be the first steps of digital marketing. So my career was a tons of a traditional marketing. Okay. So I did a diploma in digital marketing to understand a little bit more about conversions, about interactions and how to do the different channels. No. So after being in this, uh, agency and this is a small agency that was uh, I moved into Volaris no I think uh, it mm -hmm. was I think where in Volaris is where my career took this ramp up 
Why? Okay. Because, well, uh, I don't know if you know, well, Volaris here in Mexico is the biggest uh, airline. It's a low-cost airline, but in terms of passengers per day and per year, it's the biggest one. More bigger than Aeromexico. No. Oh. Volaris uh, domains here in Mexico, the air traffic in Mexico, and it uh, moves a little bit into South Central America, sorry, and it all has, has presence in North America and the U.S. So here in Volaris, I was in charge of the content marketing area and the social media. So here I was uh, moving on and checking out all the content, you know, what we're doing here in content or how to create organic content to gain more users and those users translate them into sales. You know, I was also in charge of our social customer service. And so it was a pretty big important area. Why? Because we have tons of interactions with our users. Mm-hmm. Whether if it was a negative interaction or a positive interaction, it was a pretty amazing to be in touch. You no, know? and it was a main point that can help us out succeed, turn negative situations into positive, and then to translate it into sales. Yeah. So during my time in Volaris, I managed uh, our campaigns or our launching campaigns in Central America. During this time, I was traveling around a lot to Costa Rica, Guatemala. El Salvador and also Nicaragua. We were launching the new routes, so I was doing plenty, tons of campaigns online and offline to mm-hmm. try to acquire users. No, it's a you just mentioned it before when you introduced me. Tons of startups, startups look out marketing just to acquire users, and yes, it's a it's a truth. No, I was doing that as on for online and and offline campaigns. No, so moving out into Volaris, then I was. I, I received an offer to join Didi. He's a this right hailing monster. No, I, I was the first employee, Mexican employee, or not only Mexican employee, but I was the first employee outside of China to join Didi. No, because uh, wow. Mexico was the first country outside of China, and I was the first employee. I remember when I joined, I joined Didi uh, January the third. And when I entered the office, uh, I think there was t- 10 to 12 Chinese guys and they were just clapping, you know, hey, hey, well, <laughs> like, hey what is this? No, no one has ever come to me <laughs> <find> a place. <laughs> These Chinese guys, hey, welcome, welcome. So, yes, they were pretty happy to have me there because they were telling me, hey, this is the first step no, of what Didi has done for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I joined Didi as a marketing manager yeah, but as you know, in a startup, and especially a startup when it's opening, I mean, with starting operations, you just don't do what you're there to do. No, for example, yeah. I was hired to do marketing manager, but I was helping out customer service, but also ops, all the different areas. No, we were uh, the first batch of employees. We were about 15 employees. And around all these 15 employees, we took the decision whether where to start, what was our accurate. Uh, great date. We also helped the engineering team to, to make the route, you know, to track routes and to see how the map is going and or, or working here in Mexico. So it was a pretty amazing time during the these three to four first months of Didi because it was not about uh, marketing. It was all about Didi by itself, you know, try to mm-hmm. do different things, try to scale it up. Here in Mexico, Uber, it's a, at that time, Uber had uh, like the 80% of the market share Mm-hmm. So it was pretty complicated mm-hmm. to join the market. Well, Uber was a, a bit the biggest uh, competitor here. So it was a quite a ride in Didi. Launched that part. I, I helped launch 
four cities, the four main cities. The first one was Toluca, then moving to Monterrey and Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that I helped launch was Mexico City, no? While launching Mexico City, I moved into like the, to move into another area that was uh, partnerships. Uh, I was like the, the head of partnerships. And here, the main idea of partnerships was to help acquire new users by lowering its costs, no? by lowering the cost of acquisition. Why? Mm-hmm. As a startup, and especially right hailing, we were, our cost of acquisition was really high. No? It was really expensive. Why? Because we were competitive with Uber, Cabify, right. all other companies all also the last mile companies or startups that started uh, launching and mm-hmm. besides that facebook and google they categorize us as a as travel companies so we were competing mm-hmm. versus airlines and versus yeah. Uh, yeah. otas like spia booking all that so imagine mm-hmm. the acquisition cost was pretty high so partnerships area took a very important point here because we we managed to find uh, these new relationships with big companies that have tons of users and help us out doing a, a joint venture or a, or a great relationship where we gave them a coupon, a discount to their users so we can acquire. So that way we lower our acquisition costs. Mm-hmm. Then wow. after my time at Didi, uh, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. I moved into the fintech market, you know, a pretty amazing fintech market that I love. Mexico is about to leave this, this boom. Mm-hmm. You know, so I joined Credit Justo in a special and ambitious project that we had there uh, that was like a credit card for businesses. No, I don't know if you know about Credit Justo here in Mexico is one of the, or the first or the second player in the, into the lending companies. Correct. You know, as a CEO also, they're really big in terms mm-hmm. of business, business lending and we were planning to do a new business. No, this business was a, a credit card for businesses as a marketing manager also, and then move it up into the head of alliances for all the all, all credit Houston. So then COVID came, no? And shit yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> but recently I joined the IKEA Assistencia three months ago, no, as the BizDev director here for a new project that we're about to launch. No, it's a D2C product that we're, working on to hopefully launch very soon. You know? So perfect. That's a little bit of mid retake. That was a very detailed and thorough <laughs> explanation. No, I loved it. I loved it. No, for sure. You know, but before we get to the next question, you know, I remember one thing you were saying while we were messaging each other that commonly people refer to such experienced and exciting people as, as a crack here. Tell me what that means in the Mexican context. Okay, well, just try to, I'm going to try to translate the, this Mexican slang yeah. into English <laughs> so they can find out. Well, yeah. a crack here for me or in the market seems like to be that guy that has been pushing, launching and has been in everything, no? But trying to explain it all, it's a little bit... <laughs> like, it's like, you know, every startup is like, oh, we want the A players, that's how yeah. I understand it. It's like the A player, you know? And, yes, and- that's right. I think that's a, the easiest way, the A player. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get a bit deeper into your experience, you know, especially with this amazing amount of and diverse experience that you have in marketing. Why don't you explain in terms as simple as possible, what does the marketing team really do for a startup, you know, using okay. your different experiences 
And why is, uh, you know, like you alluded to like the acquisition cost for a startup, why is it so important? And how does the marketing team help optimize it? Like, you know, you were talking okay. about Google, Facebook, right. how does that work? Okay, I'm not, I'm gonna try not to deep dive a lot into this because it sure. takes us a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. But just to try to resume it here, the part of a, why the marketing team does really do for a company. You know, I think a marketing team plays a vital role in any, in any corporation, even if it's a business or it's a big uh, entrepreneurial firm or a company, a startup, whatever. Why it plays a vital role? Because they help to promote the business and the mission of an organization, no? They serve, a marketing mm -hmm. team, it serves as the face of your company, no? Why? Because they coordinate and produce all the materials that represent your own business, no? Mm -hmm. The marketing department also, they help you out to prospect customers, investors, or the community by itself, while creating, I think, uh, this image, no? Uh, an overaching image that could represent the company, no? And just to, mm -hmm. And dependence on the business needs, a marketing team will help you out to define and manage your brand and sponsor branding. No, that it's pretty important. So mm -hmm. many companies just forgot about branding and for me, branding, it's the first step about a marketing plan. No, interesting. then yes. it will help you out to conduct digital campaigns. No, digital campaigns comes into acquisition. Then they will help you out to produce promotional materials. This something happens to be a little bit more offline. And by being do, I mentioned these because living in Mexico, you have to, you have to have offline campaigns, not only digital. Why? Because we are really used to, to have offline campaigns. No, it's a, interesting. we mm -hmm. need to have a 360 campaign, not only digital. Mm -hmm. No, then they help you out to create content, providing the SEO for your website, for example, no, to this organic content. So that can be. What is SEO? SEO is a search engine optimization. No, okay. it talks a lot about this uh, organic content that will help you out position your website out in, the, in Google, for example. No, for example, also a marketing team will help you out monitoring and manage social media. It's something really important. No, mm -hmm. right now, social media conducts everything. Yep. And something I think it's pretty special and I put it also as a, at the same point as branding is this one, the social customer service. Okay. For me, social customer service is a great uh, point of importance for a marketing strategy or that a marketing team needs to have. Why? Because right now, marketing is not about your product. It's about your customer. So you need to be facing it off. You need to hear your customer. You need to solve their problems. You need to hear what they want. So mm -hmm. having a great customer so, uh, social customer service will help you out or provide you to scale up your sales, you know, to lower up your customer, your, your CAC, you know, mm -hmm. all those things. I think custom, the social customer service is pretty important now on. Mm -hmm. And something uh, just to point out here, I love this phrase that uh, I don't know if you heard about or read about him, uh, Simon Sinek. Okay, you know? yeah. Uh, something, he has a great book that says it's, uh, it's named Start With Why. Something that I want to point out here uh, about Simon Sinek, it's that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it, no? Mm, so it's mm -hmm. this point, it's pretty important to, to point it out uh, mm -hmm. that a marketing need to have. And then moving up into the other question, just not to take so long into the customer acquisition. Yeah. Why so important or how or why right now startups have been talking about it? Well, 
I think customer acquisition right now is a, well, it's a business metric that has really been gaining a lot of popularity. No, yep. this is, this cost is associated with actually convincing a customer to buy a product or service. It's as simple as that. And go a little bit back like 20 years ago when digital marketing wasn't just in papers. Yeah. Uh, meeting a cost of acquisition was pretty different. Why? Because uh, the 90% of your campaigns were offline. True. So uh, measuring an offline campaign was, tons of, was much difficult than it was today measuring a digital campaign. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty important that all the marketers or the marketing area has to have in common. No, Think on conversion. Think on conversion. Convert, mm-hmm. convert. Mm-hmm. But try always to lower your acquisition costs. As I mentioned before, as an example at Didi, our cost of acquisitions were pretty expensive because it's mm-hmm. not only because we compete versus right hailing companies. You Correct. compete versus tons of companies and, it, and the competition depends on how Google or Facebook target you. So yep. it's pretty important to have the, the CAC as it's mm-hmm. Correct. in mind, no? Yep. Great, great points. Um, so I wanted to kind of extract a bit more from you as well. You've had so much experience to a new founder, you know, just starting their marketing strategy or marketing campaign. What are three quick but very important tips you would give? I think, well, uh, one would be hear your customers, no? Understand them. Yep. They probably have the answer to their own need but probably the users do not have the tools or time to solve it. So mm. pay attention to them. You know, customers yep. are the key metric in everything. Yep. You know, uh, and for this, I will put on or point out the focus on an excellent customer service. Then the second point or the, t- the tip I will give is be, pa- be passionate about it. Okay. Know, trust in the reason why you're doing it, not just because it's business by itself. There's always mm-hmm. that reason why you're doing this. So trust in it. There's a reason why you're pushing into it, no? Mm-hmm. And number three, I think it's, uh, and most important that I see sometimes that uh, some startup lack of it is to try to find an added value to your product. Outside, there's tons of competition, but there's always a space for others, no? So mm-hmm. here you need to find something that can make you out different from others. Find a way to communicate it, find a way to spread it push out into this added value, no? So it's something pretty important you need to push out into. Absolutely. Great, great points. And before we move on to the next section, you know, I, I'm very fascinated by the new company that you're working at, EK Assistencia, because I, I haven't really seen these sort of, sort of aggregated products for you know, your assistance for your car, personal coaching, medical assistance, all of that bundled into one company or one offering before. So can you tell us more about what you're doing there and, and how the company is able to offer so many different services, one uh, subscription plan or one, and how is it providing assistance during the pandemic? Great, sure. Yes, uh, first I'm gonna, tell you a little bit more about EK Assistencia. It happened to okay. me the same. When I get to here to join EK Assistencia, it was okay, but what is EK Assistencia, no? Yeah. At the end, what's EK? EK, it's a, well, it's the biggest player here in Latin America. We mm-hmm. have prisons or we have a market in Mexico, mm-hmm. Brazil, Argentina, and Colombia. Wow. No? And what we do here, 
our main business is a B two B two C. No, and doing it as business to business to, cons uh, to customers. Mm -hmm. What we do, we're the the biggest or the biggest player here in Latin America that provides these assistance services. No, it all started 30 years ago uh, with this uh, car assistances and with the when we happen to do with this, these car manufacturers. And one example is General Motors, and they have the these. Uh, uh, assistencia en el camino, no? It's, uh, okay. it's travel assistance services. When you buy your car, you will be provided a certain assistance. So for example, uh, a flat tire or a toll, you need to be told to, to mm -hmm. place or you have an accident. All these assistances, we provided them. So right now, EK has been, as I mentioned, 30 years in the market, providing different types of assistances. We have more than 70 different assistances, and it could wow. be uh, the ones I mentioned, but we have also uh, house assistants. We have this plumber, this, uh, this maintenance guy that can help you out to put a nail in your wall, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, All mm -hmm. those things. Or do you need a cleanup guy that can help you out? Okay, you just find it up. No, or then moving on to medical assistance. No, at this point, medical assistance took, a, took something, took a boom during this pandemic. Why? Because we provided this assistance but to different customers only. And since the pandemic started, we moved into this uh, medical assistance, providing personal coach, online, uh, online personal coach, online psychologists, online therapists, online doctors that can help you out to see how you're doing. No, instead of going to a doctor or to any place, yeah. COVID was a little bit more dangerous to go out. So we move out into online. So that's something we've been providing. We've been helping out. And right now, our, as I mentioned, our main business is B2B2C. So yep. we depend a lot on the other businesses. So we're aiming or we're looking out to, for more businesses so they can offer our services. No? And for example, I can mention some of them. We have plenty of uh, banks here in Mexico that can be, give you, depending on the card you have, they can help you out. Uh, well, well, they will provide our services, but name as the card you have. No, For example, we have... With City Vanamex, we have Libra Plus. Well, yeah. we have lots of them. Uh, we have also with uh, car manufacturers. We've been doing something with new airlines. For example, in Colombia, we have with Avianca this travel assistance for you to when you when you buy your ticket, you have a travel assistance. And we've been moving into different industries now. But now on, we want to we want to become massive. We want to. Uh, have this point, uh, we want to be direct to customers, no? So this is mm -hmm. my main client here. As you mentioned, yes, I'm the BizDev uh, director, and we are developing this new project that it would be a B2C product, no? Direct to consumers. We're, we want to, to do this uh, platform, that open this platform to new users, and not mm -hmm. only users, uh, that have a credit card, for example. This is a, a thing that happens a lot, no? Because all these okay. services, all these assistance services are mainly focused for people that can have a, that can acquire a car or that can have a credit card. So in the mean, we're missing out tons of people that do not have as access to these, uh, mm -hmm. to these things, no? Mm -hmm. And it's something uh, similar as FinTech is doing in Mexico. We try to do these ones. There are tons of people here in Mexico that do not have uh, access to a credit card. So if you don't have a credit card, you cannot have an insurance or you cannot yeah. have a credit card by itself. No, pay it. Or, right. And 
as a result, you are not able to have this assistance uh, services. So what we're planning or aiming to is while we launch or when we launch this B2C project, we want to target or tackle all these users also. Why? Because it's very important for them to have these assistance services, no? Mm -hmm. So it's a, our mission is where we want to be. Right now, we don't have a, a launch date. We're just working on it. But for sure, or I can assure you, Ritik, that we have these, uh, as I mentioned before, that is pretty important to have this added value. No? We're yep. going to be focusing, focusing a lot to have this added value. And right now we have a big ad competitive advantage is that we have all these providers, service providers. They've been working a lot with us along 30 years. So we know which one is the best one that could provide this service. So for sure, wait for it. When we launch, you're going to be the, the, one of the first ones to know when we're out in the market. Excellent. That was, a, again, a very interesting explanation. And thank you again for explaining that. I'm really fascinated by this and I really look forward to seeing how the company evolves. Now, moving on to the next section called payback period, where the guest asks the host a question. So what question do you have for me today, Jorge? Great. That, that, that's going to be great because it's been tons of talking about Jorge. Now it's the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I have a good one. Being you a guy that moves around in fintech since I met you, you know? Yeah. How you see the fintech market in Mexico versus India or Singapore? Very good question. So I'm going to talk about the differences between uh, Mexico and Singapore. I'm not that familiar with the Indian market, but, you know, maybe I can touch on it later. So I feel that the needs of Mexican customers are vastly different from the needs of the Singapore customers. Uh, most of Singaporeans, if not all of them, are already banked. You know, so all of the neobanks that or the explosion of all these guys who are providing an alternative to banking in Mexico is not really seen in Singapore. Banks within Singapore are sure they're, they're public, but then mostly they're government development banks. Uh, it's very different in Mexico where, you know, people don't like the banks, you know, uh, a lot of the times due to the various economic crisis, people have lost trust in the banks and, and, there's that massive sort of hypothesis that every Mexican has a smartphone, but a lot of them don't have a bank account. So that using that example, you know, the needs are very different. Good example would also be Crejuso and Confio. You know, you don't really need that kind of lending in Singapore because our interest rates are always super low. You know, there is that crowdfunding peer-to-peer -peer lending where if let's say I'm looking for a separate source of revenue, I can invest in the crowdfunding platform and then make interest by lending to a business. But there's no need for, you know, unsecured lending or the need for um, uh, to beat the banking or, or to provide an alternative to banking because most people in Singapore can get a loan from a bank without too much problems. I would say my sort of basic knowledge of how fintech is in India is a lot more aligned with Mexico in that sense, because again, a lot of people or most people have a smartphone, but a lot of people don't have basic necessities like a bank account. So that is something that is being tackled the same way uh, I would say that Mexico is doing. 
It's a yeah. very good question. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I share the same with you here with Dick. I think it's a great point to to talk about it. You know? Yeah. Here in Mexico, we that could be probably not the big or the fanciest way to tell it, but it's a, big, a great competitive advantage that we have here in Mexico. This yeah. One, you know that not all the guys, all the all the people have, is in bank or they do not love banks. Yeah. What I think about these, uh, what you mentioned, it comes a problem, no? Here, not all the fintechs here in Mexico, for example, they put this added value. They're just going out in the market because they want to have those, those guys that are not in the bank, no? Correct. But they do not put this added value. They don't make something mm-hmm. different. They, mm-hmm. And I can name you around 10 or 15 players outside in the market that are the same. You're the, a digital car or a digital wallet that yeah. they can do payments, they, you receive money and do transactions. Correct. Well, there is no an special offering. I think fintechs in Mexico need to go or need to give this extra mile. Great to hear your, your opinion about here, uh, about the fintech market in Mexico. Very, very good point as well. Now, before we wrap up, Jorge, is there any last minute advice you want to give to people who are thinking about a career in marketing, people who might be you know, interested in marketing? What can they maybe read up on or who can they follow or anything, any advice you'd like to give? Well, I think the best advice I can give them is, give them is uh, that always be positive here, not only for marketing guys, but yeah. all the guys outside, always be positive. Change is in the next window. No? Yep. And, a, and a great example is marketing. No, marketing has been changing a lot. No, uh, my career by itself, so it was about traditional marketing and right now, it's all about digital marketing. But I think as marketing has been changing a lot, you need to be also open to learn these, these probably old marketing strategy, strategies and try to make it new. No, traditional marketing is always important because it mm-hmm. gives you all the bases you need. No, mm-hmm. And something else I think they could be as an advice, it's always focus on conversion. Always try to mm-hmm. do a, a campaign focus on conversion, but hear your customers, not just to do because I think it will convert. No, try to love, try to make a love situation with your customer and then deliver conversion. And also something that it's really important here, vanity metrics do not help us. No, and vanity, so does for vanity metrics and telling likes, shares. Yeah. Uh, all those influencer marketing, yes, they probably, give you a awareness, but the conversion rate of an influencer, it's lower than a 1%. Wow. No, yeah. vanity metrics, they do not help a lot. No, yeah. if you want to do awareness, okay, probably awareness is okay. But at the end, if you do not convert and it's only awareness, what's the need for your business? Do you okay. run a business only to do awareness? That's a big <laughs> question. No, Very okay. Good if I do this, okay, let's do all the influencers. No, I do, or I run a business to, to try to convert, to make money. No? Yeah. So uh, I think something really important that people or young guys that are starting marketing or they're starting to do market digital campaigns, please stop looking at vanity metrics. A like won't even give you a dollar. No? Absolutely. Very, very good points. Uh, And especially that vanity metrics, that is something that really annoys me to no end. And it ends up being what 
a lot of founders think is the the reason why their business is going to be super successful when yeah. it's not. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not. Imagine I just do a post. Oh, okay, you have a million followers. Okay. Yeah. How many people of those million followers have compared to you? One, two, three? Yeah. Not even that. If you tell me a 10%, it's an amazing number. It's a great number. Probably I would tell you it's a lie. You know, <laughs> Yeah. Vanity metrics. Vanity metrics did not give you to it. Yeah. Very true. Well, Jorge, thank you so much for your time today. And would you like to share your contact information with our listeners? Yeah, sure. I think, uh, yes, probably. Well, the easiest way that they can find me out is LinkedIn. Okay. I love LinkedIn. I love to be on that uh, social network. Perfect. Yes, open to, open to new contacts. No, and thanks Perfect. a lot, Riti, for your time also. Thank you so much for being there. It is on Grand Crack, obviously. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait to speak. <laughs> I can't wait to speak with you again. And uh, thank you so much again for your time today. No, thanks a lot, Riti. See you later, bro. And this was Lifetime Value.